You're listening to the Dead Presidents Podcast, and this is the Top 5 Presidential Musicians. Hello and welcome to the Dead Presidents Podcast. I'm Stephen Lincoln Douglas. And I'm James J. Hamilton. And this is our Top 5 Presidential Musicians. Music. Of course, the universal language, although it will soon be replaced by Chinese. (laughs) That's a fact. And while music is a universal language, it's also sometimes a presidential language. Indeed it is. Many former chief executives interested in music, and we've got a little bit of a top five for our most musical presidents. Indeed. Let's get rockin' with this, the top five presidential musicians. Number five. John Tyler. Our tenth president, John Tyler, something of a violinist and a fiddler, played the violin as a young man, was initially taught by his father. He trained seriously for a while and became skilled enough to entertain aspirations of becoming a concert violinist. However, he ended up giving up the violin to study law and enter politics. But later in life, after leaving the White House, he rededicated himself to the violin and played frequently throughout his later life. He and his second wife, Julia, who was a talented guitarist, would often entertain guests by playing duets together. That's it, Julia Tyler, predating Kim Deal and Kim Gordon. Also, there is a bronze statue of John Tyler holding a fiddle that you can find in Rapid City, South Dakota. If you're ever in Rapid City, you can tell him John Tyler, the number five presidential musician. That's just it. And let's keep fiddling about as we move on here on our top five presidential musicians. Number four. Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson called music the favorite passion of my soul. He played violin, cello, and clavichord, and once said that there was a period of, quote, at least a dozen years, during which he played no less than three hours a day. He owned several violins during his lifetime, and his personal library featured an extensive collection of sheet music and books on music theory and history, including The Art of Playing on the Violin. His favorite composers included Handel and Vivaldi. Some stories indicate that Jefferson's musical abilities helped him woo his eventual wife, Martha Skelton, who played the harpsichord. An early Jefferson biographer wrote, quote, Two of Mr. Jefferson's rivals happened to meet on Miss Skelton's doorstone. They were shown into a room from which they heard her harpsichord and voice, accompanied by Mr. Jefferson's violin and voice in the passages of a touching song. They listened for a stanza or two. Whether something in the words or in the tones of the singers appeared suggestive to them, tradition does not say, but it does aver that they took their hats and retired to return no more on the same errand. Jefferson's violin playing was curtailed after he suffered a severe broken wrist in 1786, Our listeners may recall that story, hopping over a fence to impress another lady. 
That's right, he was more successful impressing the ladies with his violin playing than with his fence jumping. Indeed. Some biographers claim that he was, quote, one of the best violinists of his day and achieved a, quote, serious mastery of the violin, though some of his relatives stated that he never accomplished much more than a, quote, unquote, gentlemanly proficiency. His granddaughter, Ellen Coolidge, said his, quote, ear was singularly correct and that he had great natural dispositions for music. There you have it. Thomas Jefferson. He and John Tyler. And the devil somewhere in a three-man fiddle duel. That's it. Undoubtedly. And that's going to bring us on to the top five presidential musicians. Number three. Richard Nixon. Nixon played five instruments, including violin, saxophone, clarinet, and accordion, but he is best known for his piano playing skills. His mother encouraged his musical interests as a young boy and sent him to study music with his aunt, a classically trained musician. He played violin in his high school orchestra and in college played piano and led his school's glee club on a statewide tour. Nixon reportedly never learned how to read music, but he could figure out how to play complex pieces by ear. Nixon was a talented improviser and even composed his own music. In 1963, he appeared on the Jack Parr Show and played his Piano Concerto Number 1, his own composition. And you can go on YouTube and watch and listen to that appearance. In 1974, he played God Bless America at the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. That's as a sitting president. In that same year, during a performance at a White House dinner, the singer Pearl Bailey brought Nixon up on stage to accompany her on piano, and she joked with the president, quote, You don't play as well as I sing, but I don't sing as well as you govern. Hmm. Nixon would resign shortly thereafter. <laughs> Nixon wrote in his memoirs, quote, Playing the piano is a way of expressing oneself that is perhaps even more fulfilling than writing or speaking. I think that to create great music is one of the highest aspirations man can set for himself. And you can also go and watch Nixon with Pearl Bailey and at the Grand Old Opry. Avail yourself of the opportunity to Listen to Tricky Dick on the piano. And it just so happens that piano played a role in the tense rivalry Nixon had with our number two presidential musician. Which brings us to the top five presidential musicians. Number two. Harry Truman. Truman began playing piano as a young boy, taking lessons and getting up at 5 a.m. every morning to practice for two hours. Biographer David McCullough wrote that during Truman's teenage years, quote, measured by the time and effort expanded, the most important activity in his life was piano. He and his piano teacher thought he could become a concert pianist, but he had to give up his lessons after graduating from high school because his family had fallen on hard times and he couldn't afford it. He later joked, quote, My choice early in life was either to be a piano player in a whorehouse or a politician. And to tell the truth, there's hardly any difference. He continued to play casually, and was said to be unable to walk past a piano without playing on it. 
He liked to play music by Mozart, Beethoven, Chopin, Johann Strauss, Claude Debussy, and George Gershwin. As a senator, he rented a piano for his Washington, D.C. lodgings. In 1945, a few weeks after taking office as vice president, and a few months before becoming president, Truman attended a gathering of American servicemen at the National Press Club. Also in attendance was Hollywood starlet Lauren Bacall, and when Truman sat down at the piano to entertain the troops, Ms. Bacall got on top of the piano, and the press took many photographs as her shapely legs dangled in front of Truman as he serenaded her. The photographs were a hit, but Bess Truman was not amused. She told her husband, quote, I don't think you should play piano in public again. Truman recalled that the incident, quote, caused me a hell of a lot of trouble at home. Richard Nixon had been very critical during Truman's presidency, and there was bad blood between them when, in 1958, then-Vice President Nixon was asked when the two would bury the hatchet. Nixon said it might happen if the National Press Club invited them to play a duet. The National Press Club reached out to Truman with an invitation, but he wrote back, quote, Although I have never claimed to be a pianist, I have enjoyed playing duets with many people, from my daughter to Jimmy Petrillo. The idea of a duet with Nixon, however, is singularly repellent, and my answer to your invitation is, of course, no. Ouch. In 1969, President Nixon visited an elderly Truman at his Independence, Missouri home and presented the Truman Presidential Library with a piano from the Truman White House. Nixon invited Truman to play, but Truman demurred, claiming he couldn't play. Nixon said, quote, Oh, I've heard differently, and proceeded to play a little himself. Truman clapped politely, but a Truman friend later claimed that Nixon had deliberately played a song he knew Truman didn't like. Wow. Nixon showing off in front of Truman. Indeed. I wonder if Truman's refusal to play was him adhering to the rule laid down by Bess Truman after the Lauren Bacall incident. Perhaps. Many years later, he still refused to play in public. And how like Nixon to take a subtle dig by playing a song that he knew Truman disliked. Wow. And that's going to bring us on down to our top five presidential musicians. Number one. Warren Harding. Warren Harding was an excellent musician and a multi-instrumentalist, once saying, quote, I played every instrument but the slide trombone and the E-flat cornet. That's a lot of instruments. Indeed. He favored the alto horn, and in his younger years, residents of Marion, Ohio, could hear him playing after they had gone to bed and then were awakened by his playing again in the morning. Locals recalled that, quote, he blew awful hard. And a band leader had to ask him to tone it down because his horn was drowning out the bass drum. He's really belting it out there. After college, he organized the Marion Citizens Cornet Band, which earned local and statewide notoriety and played at both Republican and Democratic rallies. Harding recalled that he attended his first political events as a member of the band, and credited his musicianship with providing his introduction into politics. His wife, Florence Harding, was also an excellent musician. She trained to be a concert pianist and met Harding while giving a piano lesson to his sister. While Harding was in the Senate, 
their Washington, D.C. home had a dedicated music room that was known as, quote, the most handsomely appointed in the Capitol. At the 1920 Republican National Convention, Harding celebrated his nomination for president by taking up the tuba and playing along with the band. He was friends with the famous band leader John Philip Sousa, who congratulated him on his nomination with a note saying, quote, Bless your musical soul. May God's harmonies be with you forever. Harding, of course, not as popular with Jean-Baptiste Falouza. You win some, you lose some. As president, Harding would occasionally pick up an instrument and tool around with the Marine Band during its rehearsals. He spoke in favor of increased musical education in schools, saying, quote, Generally speaking, I am with the musical people, and I am for them. I know music in an unpretentious way, and I love it. We cannot have too much music. We need it. The world needs it. Probably more than ever before. And I am the friend of every effort to give it its rightful place in our national life. Some nice words from President Harding. On music, which indeed can be a nice part of life. But those aren't the only presidents that have been musically inclined. We've got a couple honorable mentions to touch on here. Beginning with old John Quincy Adams, JQA. He had begun playing the flute in college, joining the Harvard Music Society, and writing his own music. He wrote that on one occasion, the Music Society, quote, sallied forth upon a scheme of serenading. We paraded around the town till almost four in the morning. He would continue to play the flute as a means of relaxation, writing to his sister, quote, I have neither time nor inclination to blow so much as to injure my health, but it has been my greatest amusement and the chief relaxation after study, and indeed it affords me so much pleasure that I cannot think of giving it up. He downplayed his abilities in a letter to a French diplomat saying, quote, I am extremely fond of music, and by dint of great pains have learnt to blow very badly the flute. There you have it. That brings us to another honorable mention, Bill Clinton. Somebody else who knew how to blow. Indeed. To blow and be blown. Bill Clinton. When it came to blowing, he favored the saxophone, which he played in his high school band. He practiced frequently, attended band camp, and became the first chair saxophone in the Arkansas State Band. He wrote that as a teenager, he briefly considered pursuing a musical career. He continued to play in college, and during his 1992 presidential campaign, he famously appeared on the Arsenio Hall Show and played Elvis Presley's Heartbreak Hotel, wearing sunglasses, showing, him, cool. showing himself to be cool, and catapulting himself above incumbent president he was, George H.W. He was Bush. young and hip, unlike that old fancy boy, preppy, wimp George H.W. Bush. Yeah, perhaps the most famous presidential musical moment. And then Clinton, at his inaugural ball, would play the saxophone alongside Clarence Clemens of Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band fame. During a diplomatic trip to the Czech Republic as president, Clinton attended a Prague jazz club with the Czech president, and the two presidents got on stage and jammed together. Oof. 
At his hip, a joint is a prog jazz club. Yeah, a night of two presidents. Wowie zowie. And that's going to bring us to Ronald Reagan. After leaving the presidency, Reagan took up harmonica as a hobby. He sent a message to the New York Times denying rumors that he was taking harmonica lessons from a tutor, saying, quote, Unfortunately, I'm not taking lessons, and probably should be. I've always liked the harmonica, but can barely play a tune. My repertoire is limited to Red River Valley, and I play for my own self-amusement exclusively, usually when I don't have my hearing aids in. Calvin Coolidge also played harmonica, and it has been said that he was an accomplished player and played often while in the White House, although other stories report that Coolidge's harmonica playing was notoriously silent. I think at a dinner one time a young lady told Coolidge that she bet her friend that she could get him to play more than two notes on the harmonica. In his response, she lost. Indeed she did. And that's going to bring us to our final honorable mention, Barack Obama. That's right, Barack Obama, he might be a very excellent singer. But it's hard to tell because he keeps his skills close to the vest. On several occasions, he has received huge applause during speeches when he breaks into a couple lines of song, teasing his audience, including with Al Green's Let's Stay Together, Dionne Warwick's Walk On By, and Aretha Franklin's Chain of Fools. At a White House concert, he accepted the band's invitation to sing a verse of Sweet Home Chicago, and at a funeral for a state senator killed in the 2015 mass shooting at a Charleston, South Carolina church, Obama led the congregation by singing Amazing Grace. That's it. Several clips out there of Barack Obama belting out some tunes. Mm-hmm. And maybe he he's a little bit shy about doing it, but not too shabby. He's got a pretty good voice. You gotta include him here on our list of honorable mentions. Not included is the time that Donald Trump joined, I can't remember Megan her name. Mal- Megan Mullally. Yeah, that's it, from yeah. Will and Grace and yeah. sang a bit of Green Acres. You could also find that on YouTube, but yeah. dishonorable mention. Not making the list. So that's our top five presidential musicians and of course we'll be back with more fun and exciting top fives in the meantime rock on that's it as the presidents were sometimes wont to do for the dead presidents podcast i'm stephen lincoln douglas and i'm james j hamilton we'll catch you next time thanks for listening